Hey everybody, welcome to Ubaldi Reports. Now, unless you've been living on another planet, everybody knows that Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are going for running for president of the United States. Now, everybody has their opinion on both candidates. I mean, there's some that like them, some that don't. But on this presidential race, and this is the first one that I can remember in a great many years, at least in the modern era, both candidates for both major political parties are reviled by most of the American people. You'll have some, I'm going to vote for Hillary Clinton because I just don't want Donald Trump and vice versa. But both of them are not well liked by the American people. Now, Donald Trump has about a 65 to almost 70% unapproval rating, and Hillary Clinton is not that far behind. Now, this week, both candidates spoke at it on the economy. Hillary Clinton first spoke in Columbus, Ohio, and then she followed up with a little bit more detailed in uh, North Carolina. Donald Trump spoke in New York City. Now, this candidate, this presidential race is not going to be about who has the best issues, who has the best policy, who has the best uh, proposals for, you know, jumpstarting the American economy. And that's what most people are um, concerned about. And foreign policy is a big issue, but the biggest issue is the economy. And that's what both candidates spoke upon. But this this race for president is just going to be who can tear down the other candidate. Now, both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton both spoke out on the negative reasons why each of them shouldn't be president of the United States. Now, Hillary Clinton, I'll start with her. She spoke about the economy in Columbus, Ohio. And the whole crux of her speech is why Donald Trump would be bad for the United States and would be definitely bad for the U.S. economy. Now, she did start off and uh, talk about what President Obama has done to transform the economy and how he was handed a bad economy. Now, we all realized there was a financial collapse back in 2008 and into 2009. But what people need to understand, both political parties were responsible for this, and there is no one singular person that that saved uh, the economy. So, I mean, that could be debated on another podcast. But she basically mentioned what Barack Obama faced when he entered the White House. Now, she also talked about what um, President Obama had done to transform the U.S. economy, how jobs were created. Unemployment got to be, I believe, a little bit above 10 percent and uh, the end of 2009, and the unemployment rate is now 4.7%. Now, President Obama and Hillary Clinton talk about the 14 million new jobs that are being created. But unfortunately, what they didn't talk about is this latest unemployment report that came out in for the month of um, May showed that, or at least for, for May, showed that 38,000 jobs were created for the month of May. Now, the unemployment rate dropped to 4.7, the lowest rate it's been since, I believe, 2007. The problem with that is the reason it dropped precipitously is more Americans are leaving the workforce. Now, this has something to do with those who are retiring, but a lot of them is there's more people just fed up, can't find work, so they dropped out of the economy. Now, It's also the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that 94 million Americans, the highest number since the Great Depression, have left the workforce. Now, if the the government from both agencies, the Commerce Department, the Labor Department, have stated the, the recession ended in June of 2009 before the president's economic policies took a hold, 
the question is, this has been the slowest economic recovery in the modern era, at least since the end of the, the Second World War. So well, we haven't grown above 2% since um, – 2005. So we've gone well over 11 years without growth above 2%. Even the GDP for the first quarter of this year was only a minuscule 0.8%. So we're not doing all that well. And then when they talk about income inequality, yeah, the stock market's doing really well. But that's because interest rates are kept near zero. And there's a potential that Janet Yellen had mentioned that we could see negative interest rates, which would make it harder on the middle class because that means you're paying banks to keep your money. So not everything is rosy out there, as Secretary Clinton mentioned. Now, I'm not just going to pile on her. She has the. I'm going to do the same thing with Donald Trump. Both of them spoke on the economy, but all they did was tear down each other. They very gave very little, if anything, what they would do differently, what their policy proposals will be. So now we got a list of the economic realities. The one thing that we're going to talk um, go into now is some of the stances or some of the statements they made in each of their economic addresses. Now, for Hillary Clinton, she says, we know that people are working harder and longer just to keep their heads above water and to deal with the cost, the everyday cost, the cost of basics like childcare, prescription drugs that are too high. College is getting more expensive every day and wages are still too low, and inequality is too great. Good jobs in this country are still too hard to come by. Now, this would have been a great topic to run off of if this was 2008 when Barack Obama first ran. What Hillary Clinton has to realize and what the media has to do and the American people need to understand is Barack Obama and the Democrats have been running this economy for eight years throughout the primary campaign between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders was hitting it very hard on income inequality. And I agree. Income inequality is huge. The top 1% have gathered 95% of all wealth created since 2008, 2009. The problem is President Obama has been the steward of that economy. So she does make some of the problems there. But like prescription drugs and health care costs are extremely high. Well, the Affordable Care Act was supposed to lower cost and reduce the, um, the cost per family and help the middle class out. Well, that's, we've seen the opposite effect. And we're going to see that again come the next enrollment period where everybody's health care costs are going to go up. Everybody's um, deductibles and premiums are going up. So the question I would ask her on this is what would you do differently that Barack Obama hasn't done, who's had, who really overregulated overtaxed, and caused some of the problems that are hurting the job creators. Now, she mentioned in North Carolina, this was yesterday, she mentioned she would be, if she was president, she would invest in infrastructure, advanced manufacturing, clean energy, small business, do Wall Street reform, and rejection of some of the trade agreements. Well, the question that she never um, mentioned is, Invest in infrastructure. That was the whole stimulus plan, the jo- you know the shovel-ready jobs that in 2012 the president said they weren't as shovel-ready as possible. So where did, o- where did the almost trillion dollars in infrastructure spending go, which was supposed to jumpstart the economy? Now, if you look back at it, about 45% of that went to the various states, and all the states did was fill their hole in their budgets. And now a lot of the states like California, the state that I came from, 
Illinois, New York, New Jersey, Michigan, a lot of these states are broke. So where did all this money go and why wasn't it invested in infrastructure spending? Now, she said the advance of manufacturing, a lot of manufacturing jobs have left. I got it, the, um, it's cheap labor abroad in Mexico and China. But what she hasn't mentioned is these, the, uh, the Rust Belt states and some of the industrialized states have one of the worst business climate that hamper starting a business. So that's something that needs to be, I'm curious to know, how would you advance manufacturing? Now, clean energy is something the president's been talking for seven years now, and we are now going on eight years, and we still have lackluster growth, barely 2% growth. So I'd be curious to see, how would this how would this happen? Now, she did mention that she would like to see the coal miners out of business and coal companies, and she would re, you know, help them out with spending billions of dollars for job training. But it would be dubious to see how this was being accomplished because we already spend billions of dollars to retrain workers, and we still have a lackluster economy. The other thing is college is getting more expensive. Well, she gave a lot of speeches at college universities making $250,000 per speech. Even Chelsea gave a $60,000 speech for 10 minutes. So she hasn't said anything. How would she reduce um, college costs? Wages are still low. That's a given. Income inequality is at its greatest level because the stock market is doing well. That only helps those who invest in the stock market. Most middle class get their investments or do um, get their wealth through their homes and real estate. But you're not seeing businesses create jobs because they're just getting hampered. And when she mentions um, helping small business, she already mentioned in previous speeches that she wants to expand Dodd-Frank, which is the financial overhaul reform, which has really crippled the small regional banks who weren't part of the, um, the financial collapse. They didn't start it. It was the big banks on Wall Street that did it, but they're bigger now than they ever were in 2008 and 2009. And how would she regulate Wall Street when she was the greatest recipient of Wall Street wealth. So I think she made about $22 million on speaking fees at Wall Street and close to, I think, $40 million in um, contributions from Wall Street. She's the largest largesse from Wall Street contributors to her campaign than all the other candidates combined. So it'll be dubious to see how she would do this. And then she said reject, re- rejection of some trade agreements. These are some of the agreements that she supported as Secretary of State, especially the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Now, this she's trying to tap into the Bernie Sanders supporters who are against all these trade agreements. But what trade agreements are she, is she talking about? The latest one, Trans-Pacific Partnership, NAFTA. Which one is she talking What would she do differently than the current president? So these are things to, to look at. Now, she also said... They let Wall Street take big risk with unregulated financial activities. They skew our tax code toward the wealthy. They fail to enforce our trade rules. They undermine workers' rights. They have forgotten that we are all in this together, and we are at our best when we recognize that. Excessive inequality such as we have today reduces economic growth. Markets work best when all the stakeholders share in the benefits. Now, I'm questioning her statements on that. Well, she was the biggest recipient of Wall Street money. She spoke in front of Wall Street. All the regulations that have come out have hampered small business because it seems like when they want to go after business, they look at corporate America. Corporate America kind of likes 
these regulatory reforms that come back because it takes out all the competition below them. The small business community, they can't, they don't have the lobbyists, they don't have the accountants and the lawyers that work for them. They have to do the day-to-day out in businesses. They can't move their business overseas like corporate America can. So everything that the Hillary Clinton's talking about hasn't worked in the last eight years. So the question I have is, what would she do differently to jumpstart the American economy? What would she do differently that Donald, I mean, excuse me, that President Obama hasn't done? I mean, we regulated, we've regulated Wall Street, healthcare reform, all these things have really hampered business. So what would she do differently? She talks about she wants to expand the Affordable Care Act. Well, how would you expand it when it's already not working now and it's costing the American consumer billions of dollars? So my question is, how would she get this done? And then the other thing is, how would she govern if she's elected president? Just like Donald Trump, both her and Trump have a high unapproval rating already. Most of the country just just doesn't like them. So she's going to have a difficult time. She Let's say she wins the presidency, but she's going to have a difficult time governing, and that's going to make it difficult for the country. Now, she continually attacks Trump, and that's where both speeches on Tuesday and on Wednesday, she attacked Trump, and that's going to be the centerpiece of her campaign, just like Donald Trump is going to do, and we'll get to him in a minute. But she attacks him on everything, but she never lays out what she would do differently, what would she do differently than uh, Barack Obama, And what are some of her policies? All it was was Donald Trump is bad for the economy and he'll be bad for America. So this is what we need to ask now, not wait until after they get elected before we find out. And we're going to pay a price by because we didn't ask these tough questions. Now, Donald Trump was no different. He spoke um, on, um, what was it, I think, believe Wednesday or was it either Tuesday or Wednesday he spoke. And he spoke in New York City, and he talked about the stakes of this election. And he list, went and did a blistering attack on Hillary Clinton. He attacked her on her character. He attacked her about the Clinton Foundation. He attacked her on the um, her State Department time and the combination between the foundation and her time of the State Department. But he also attacked her, her, her being another extension of Barack Obama, And when he stated, when I see the crumbling roads and bridges or dilapidated airports or the factories moving overseas to Mexico or to other countries, I know these problems can all be fixed, but not by Hillary Clinton, only by me. What Donald Trump didn't say is just like I said with Hillary Clinton, he never gave a detailed proposal. What is her detailed uh, plan? What is his tax plan, trade plan, investment plan? And again, he never talks about small business. That's the, the link pin of the U.S. economy, been since the birth of this republic. What people need to understand, more than 60% of all jobs created in America are small business, 50 employees or less. And that's done by the, the, um, the Commerce Department and the Bureau of Labor Statistics can come out with that as well. Now, he even goes into what Hillary Clinton was doing. It was attacking him. And especially from his business dealings. And we all know he had the bankruptcies and the lawsuits. But what she said is yesterday, she even tried to attack me and my many businesses. 
But here is the bottom line. I started off in Brooklyn, New York, not so long ago with a small loan and built a business worth over $10 billion. I have always had a talent for building businesses and importantly, creating jobs. That is a talent our country desperately needs. Now, what Donald Trump failed to mention, yeah, he did get a loan. He got a million-dollar loan from his father. That's not really going to a bank. And what he also doesn't mention is he also received a $200 million inheritance. Now, I started my small business, but I had to use my own money. A little different when you had, when you were born into wealth. It's not like something like um, a company who started from scratch having to use your own thing and, and start your own business yourself. So Donald Trump didn't do that. So he didn't really as honest as he should in that part and say, now he did build businesses, but he also had a lot of businesses go bankrupt. He's filed chapter 11 a couple times, or at least, at least four times, but also how many small businesses didn't make it who service his corporation weren't getting paid. So Hillary Clinton makes the plumbers and the painters. I got all that, but how many didn't get paid because Donald Trump filed bankruptcy. So that wasn't mentioned. Now, he did go into the Clinton Foundation and um, her time as Secretary of State. That was detailed in a book called Clinton Cash by Peter Schweitzer. And he goes pretty heavily on the influence of money while she was Secretary of State, how Bill Clinton made a certain amount of money as speaking before she became Secretary of State. Then all of a sudden, when she became Secretary of State, his speaking fees quadrupled, and a lot of money came from the most reprehensible countries across the planet. A lot of companies and individuals gave the Clinton Foundation a lot of money. So, And one of them from the media was George Stephanopoulos, who gave $75,000 as he was interviewing the author of that book. And it was interesting. No, he didn't disclose that till it was found out later. Then he said, I didn't have any dealings. I just gave it a one-time donation. Well, $75,000 for a one-time donation is a lot of money. Then it was find out that he was more heavily involved than just giving donations. He was part of focus groups. So that he lost a lot of credibility there. But he really ripped on her for that Clinton Foundation and called her, you know, dishonest Hillary. So it, it, it's really attacking her character and her time as Secretary of State. Now, he also said... It all, and then it goes when he, when she was Secretary of State beyond the economy. It all started with her bad judgment in supporting the war in Iraq in the first place. Though I was not in government service, I was among the earliest to criticize the rush to war. And yes, even before the war started, there is no record that Donald Trump ever was against that war until after the U.S. went into Iraq. He gave a speech, uh, an interview on Howard Stern's radio show. Howard Stern asked him, do you support the war? And he basically said, well, I guess. Yeah, I guess I support it. But George Bush Sr. should have done it differently back in the first Gulf War. So it's a little different to be against the war after the fact instead of before. And then he had four deferments from Vietnam. He has two sons who are eligible to serve in the military, they're not in the military as we've been at war for about 14, 15 years. So this is the one thing that I have a problem with for the candidates from both sides. Everybody supported that war. Everybody from the Democrats to the Republicans. And I know Barack Obama, he wasn't in government, he wasn't in um, 
the Senate to make that vo- to make that vote, but Joseph Biden voted against the first Gulf War, voted for the second war in Iraq. John Kerry did the same thing, voted against the war in Iraq. I mean, the Persian Gulf War, but came back and voted for the war in Iraq. So did Harry Reid, Dianne Feinstein, a lot of Democrats voted for that war. So it's disingenuous. Everybody say, "Well, we should." I was misled because that's what bothers me and a lot of veterans who I served with in Iraq and Afghanistan saying, wait a minute, you guys said one thing one day, and now you're saying something different because it how it um, affects you politically. So, But the one thing that I want to leave you with is this. How would, what would Donald Trump do as president, and how would he implement them? Now, here's what something he said. Here are a few things the Trump administration will do for America in the first 100 days. Appoint judges who will uphold the Constitution. Hillary Clinton's radical judges will virtually abolish the Second Amendment. Change immigration rules to give unemployed Americans an opportunity to fill good-paying jobs. Stand up to countries that cheat on trade, of which there are many. Cancel rules and regulations that send jobs overseas. Lift restrictions on energy production. Repeal and replace job-killing Obamacare. It is a disaster. Pass massive tax reform to create millions of new jobs. Impose tough new ethic rules to restore the dignity to the office of Secretary of State. Now, he did talk about the regulations and some of the things that are hampering business, especially small business. The one thing he does mention is repeal and replace job-killing Obamacare, which is a, a, an impediment on businesses in America. Again, especially small business. The one thing he doesn't mention or he's nothing on his website, is what would he replace Obamacare with? What both candidates have to remember is whoever gets elected, they're not going to have a supermajority that Barack Obama enjoyed during his first two years. When Barack Obama became president in 2009, he had 60 Democratic senators and a supermajority in the House. He could have done anything he wanted, and the Republicans could do nothing. Even if the Democrats take back the Senate, they are not going to have 60 votes to pass anything. They would need Republicans to cross over. How would Donald Trump get Democrats, even if he retained the Senate, to cross over and do what he, he's doing? They could, we're not going to do it. They can say in a block, we're not voting. You're not going to have the moderates that you once had many years ago. So these are the questions I would ask both Trump and Hillary Clinton. How would you get things through? What rules and regulations that are you talking about that send jobs overseas? What um, what what type of restrictions would you lift on energy production? What would you do on the economy? Get more specific. There's really not a detailed plan on his website. Now, Donald Trump talks about trade. What trade agreements would you do differently? Would you repeal the past trade agreements like NAFTA? the Trans-Pacific Partnership and all these, what would you do differently? If you would repeal them, which one would you repeal and what would you do differently to replace them? This will make, um, there's a lot of uncertainty. The one thing about Donald Trump is we don't know what he's, he doesn't have a record. We just go by his business dealing and his business dealings is kind of subsequent, kind of subsequent at that. I guess I mispronounced it. He's kind of different, so. These are all the things that we need to we need to look at. We need to ask. And again, just like I said with Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump says nothing on small businesses. This is the lifeblood of America. So both candidates spoken um, 
in Ohio, North Carolina, and New York City, but they never said anything what they would do with the economy. I mean, there's some at least a little bit more here for Donald Trump, but it's we don't know what how he would do it. He seems to say one thing one day and then say something a different another day. So what would they do for the economy? This is the biggest issue facing America. Foreign policy is another big issue, and we discussed that before. But what Americans want is how would the candidates jumpstart the U.S. economy? How would they get wages up? How would they create jobs? I know too many people in their mid-40s, early 50s got many years of experience, degrees, struggling to find work. As Hillary Clinton mentioned that what Barack Obama did for the economy, but wages haven't increased under him, haven't increased for a number of years. And then also, um, as wages have increased, the jobs that are being created are not your high-wage jobs. I tell people, if you, my listeners who are listening to this, if you lost your job today, could you find the same job with the same benefits? Most people say no. So this is why we need to really challenge and ask these candidates and get the media to do its job and question this and start looking into the backgrounds of these characters, these candidates. It's amazing they haven't looked at the Clinton Foundation by yet, by now, or they haven't looked at Donald Trump's business dealings. It's all been there. So maybe the media, if they did their jobs, we would have better candidates. But that's for another story at another time. But um, all I can say is keep listening and challenge your um, both these candidates. Also, if you get a chance, go to um, Amazon or Barnes and or any major bookstore and get my book, The New Business Brigade: Why Businesses Need to Hire Veterans and the Untapped Resource They Represent. You can follow me on Stitcher and iTunes and sign up. It's free. Let me know what you think. Go to my website, Ubaldi Reports. Go to my Facebook page, Twitter. And let me know what you think. And I'll do a podcast on something that you're interested in. And we'll keep going from there. But keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Until next time, we'll see you. We'll listen to Ubaldi Reports. We'll see you then.